Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we're back for another edition of the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is triple I for the third. You can catch all my written work over at Niners Wire, USA Today's Niners website, Niners Wire, and on Twitter for the takes here and there. But it's finally time to talk about week four, the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. It has been a long time since that Thursday night football game. It feels like months ago. It feels like we're back into the offseason since that Thursday night was so early in the regular season. It feels like we're waiting again for opening kickoff. It's the first official Sunday game of the season at Levi Stadium this Sunday, 49ers versus Cardinals in week four. Before we get into the game and talk all things Cardinals, what we think, some matchups to watch, what the Cardinals are going to try and do against the 49ers, we have some business to attend to. And that starts with Christian McCaffrey. He was recently and deservingly named NFC Offensive Player of the Month for September. This is already his second time winning the award in his short stint with the 49ers. McCaffrey rushed for a league-high 353 yards to go along with three scores, a touchdown in each contest to start the season. And it feels like, to me, Christian McCaffrey is just almost inevitable at this point. Like, personally, I feel like I need to give him more credit on this podcast. It begins to feel like with 23 in the backfield, he's going to make an impact regardless. And it's almost like we don't even need to mention him because there's no slowing him down. There's no ways of stopping him in gold and red, red and gold. And it's just that. I mean, he's just that good. He's that consistent every single week. You know what he's going to bring to the table. He's just an automatic. It feels like the other team needs to spot the 49ers seven points because you know he's going to score at some point. Um, he scored in 12 straight weeks, and it seems like they come relatively easy um, as much of a workhorse as he is, you know, it's like these quiet touches he gets that he kind of takes over games. And me, when I'm watching, I'm, I'm looking at what Debo Samuel does, what Brandon Ayuk does, how George Kittle impacts the game, what the offensive line is doing along with Brock Purdy, obviously, but Christian McCaffrey, I'm like, mm, yeah, he's going to dominate. He's going to do great. He's one of the best pound for pound football players in the NFL currently going. And he just kind of comes in, lunch pail, does his job, goes home, and his job usually includes, includes scoring a touchdown. And I think, you know, while we're on the subject of Christian McCaffrey, we need to discuss just kind of how impactful of a deal John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan made last season when it comes to acquiring McCaffrey, you know, midseason. While a lot of credit goes to like Brock Purdy for opening Kyle Shanahan's offense up, I think the conversation would be a lot different if McCaffrey was still in Carolina. Just with how good he's been, he's, to me, changing my thoughts, some of the narrative around what it means to kind of make a trade midseason in the NFL these days. I mean, we val- we're we starting to value 
the addition of a veteran running back, an established running back for that matter. Um, where, you know, even just a few years ago and that deal specifically, let's not forget that the, the deal to bring McCaffrey to the Bay Area was heavily criticized. Me personally, I was kind of like, oof, you're giving all that up and you're going to have to pay a guy who's dealt with injuries. He's done nothing but check boxes since he's been in the Bay Area. And he's been such a steady piece of that offense. And maybe it's him that opens up all these things, makes life easier on a young quarterback like Christian McCaffrey, makes life easier on an offensive line that's patchwork together sometimes week in and week out and opens things up, creates different mismatches that Kyle Shanahan can attack so, so well in that offense because you have to be worried about number 23 time and time again. And just off the top of my head, I can't really think of a more, you know, impactful, let's just say mid-season trade over the last decade, you know, doing some research, you know, you think of Amari Cooper to the Cowboys from the Raiders. That was decent. Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars to the Rams. And although it hasn't even been a full season of McCaffrey in the Bay Area, it feels like his impact has already massively outweighed both of those moves. Do the 49ers make the run they did last year with McCaffrey out there, with McCaffrey not on the team and Elijah Mitchell and whoever else in the backfield, Jeff Wilson Jr. I don't know. I think that's a I think that's a tough conversation to have. But you got to give him some credit. He's very worthy of the award. And, you know, seeing him get that made me think that, you know, we need to give this guy more credit with just how just impressive of a football player he is, whether he's catching the football, picking up, he doesn't come off the field, you know, picking up uh, pass blocking protections. He just does everything at a high, high level. And I think in the Bay Area specifically, 49er fans are just used to getting production out of whoever it is in the backfield, whether that be Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson Jr. You know, it was a thing with Kyle Shanahan. Whoever is back there, you know you're going to get production out of them. They're going to be a fairly decent player. So that running back position in San Francisco, it's like while there might not be in a, you know, a name brand guy back there, you know they're still going to produce and make an impact as a runner. Well, now it's kind of the flip-flop where there's an absolute superstar in the backfield for the 49ers, but the mentality is still kind of similar where, oh, whoever it is back there is going to get their yards, make their plays. But McCaffrey is just definitely playing at a different caliber, especially right now. It seems like for a guy that has had high, high moments in the NFL, it still feels like he's milking that peak of his career and just clicking with what the 49ers do offensively and what Kyle Shanahan is able to open up with him. Um, he's just firing away right now. And I don't think see that slowing down with the Arizona Cardinals in town this weekend. But before previewing that matchup, I want to talk about one big factor that we still don't know about the game on Sunday. And that is Debo Samuel. He's now on the mend with a ribs, knee injury. He had a fantastic outing in week three through Honestly, every game of the season so far, he's kind of looked like that vintage Debo, the Debo pre-injury where he was has the ability to do a bit of everything. And the big thing is how he's able to make things happen with the football in his hands, shredding tackler after to tackle. Um, however, since it's still so early in the season and the 49ers are 3-0, they're playing against a quote-unquote weaker opponent with the Arizona Cardinals. So it would seem like the 49ers would likely play it safe with their stud pass catcher. I feel like 
if you're a 49er fans, you'd want Debo Samuel to be as healthy. This is not a, you know, make or break game. This isn't a playoff game. You want him healthy for those ones specifically. So I don't know. I don't know if, if Debo forces his hand and wants to get back out there. Um, while injuries have kind of like lingered and impacted seasons of the past for Debo, it would be worst case for this injury, an injury like a ribs injury. I'm no doctor, but it feels like those injuries, when they pop up on the report, kind of have a you know way of lingering. And I don't know what Debo's going through, but it feels like he is just a bit of a rhythm player. I feel like a lot of skill position players guys are. You can talk about that in the NFL. When he gets hot, he's just incredibly tough to slow down. And having him miss a week seems like it could probably impact that rhythm. Um, you know, six catches, 129 yards and a touchdown against the Giants. He had, you know, 101 total yards against the Rams with the rushing touchdown. Um, I don't think he needs to push the play to keep that momentum, but you know, it's something that the 49ers coaching staff and medical staff is probably weighing right now. I think, you know, it's, it's a true game time decision. We won't really know. He's currently listed as questionable as we record this podcast. You know, if Debo can't go, I think the one interesting tidbit to keep an eye on is Ronnie Bell, I think he deserves, um, not only should he, you know, he's going to get more opportunities because of an injury in the wide receiver core, but I think he deserves it. I mean, his numbers might not jump off the page, but he just, you know, he had the touchdown catch on Thursday night. He had that one catch where it was a tipped football that kind of went his way. It seems like he is kind of trending towards a guy that should be involved in the offense a little bit more. And and it's interesting to kind of see what he can bring. I thought he was impressive, obviously, without Ayuk last week. And it seems like if Debo can't go, he's a guy that probably keep an eye on as it could potentially make a small impact in this game. Um, but now, you know, to talk about what we're going to see on the field on Sunday in week three, we need to talk about what a win would mean for the 49ers at this stage in this season. And that might sound crazy. You might, you know, kind of be listening kind of funny right now. Well, it's week four, you know, how impactful could it mean? Well, in terms of what teams do when they become four now, I know it's a little crazy to already talk about the postseason, but dating back to 1990, throwing some numbers at you here, not a big math guy, but this is, this is positive math. 83.7% 83.7% of teams to start the season 4-0 have made the playoffs. 83%. I mean, that is a, in my book, that's a good grade. That's where I want to be. I'm okay with a 75. C's get degrees. But 83%, that's that feels like a lock. And over the past six seasons, every team that started 4-0 made the playoffs. So setting their, the 49ers up for a potential playoff berth early in the season a win here would give them a stranglehold in the NFC West. Currently, only two teams in the NFC hold a 3-0 record. Both of those teams are in the, in the NFC Championship last year with the 49ers and the Eagles. Miami Dolphins are the 3-0 team in the AFC. They have a tough, fantastic matchup that I'm going to be tuning in for before the 49ers-Cardinals against the Bills. But a win here obviously doesn't guarantee a playoff spot, but it puts them into position to kind of be in the driver's seat for the season, not only in the NFC West, but in the NFC overall. And I think that with a team where we've seen 
injuries and wild stuff happened with the that you know around the 49ers over the last couple of years to kind of be in cruise control a little bit this early on in the season is a positive thing and so while i don't think any game is going to be taken lightly especially when you have 10 days off and they're a divisional opponent this isn't a throwaway game because the cardinals are a potentially you know bad team a team that many of us thought would be tanking for Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us judged Jonathan Gannon's corny preseason speech that only plummeted the Cardinals stock even further. We quickly learned that when you talk about the Arizona Cardinals, you need to at least talk about their toughness because they're coming off an upset win against the Cowboys. And with Josh Dobbs under center, this team is playing with, you know, a bit of confidence, swagger. They play hard. This is not a team that's tanking. Um, and they play, they played every opponent um, down to the wire this season. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, when talking about the Cardinals earlier this week with the media, mentioned that he thinks, you know, the Cardinals could have been, should have been 3-0 and at some point in this season. I mean, each game you, we we talked about the Giants last week as the 49ers opponent. You know, they were up big in that game at home. Week one, they played their team down, their opponent down to the wire again. So while the skill might not match what the 49ers have on the other side, other side of the field, is that they are going to follow a script set up by Jonathan Gannon, who's been fairly impressive through his first three games of the season after I think many wrote him off because of that corny speech that went kind of viral on social media. But you know, Josh Dobbs, back up in Cleveland for a lot of years with Tennessee, bouncing around, uh, you know, a, ten a former Tennessee volunteer. He is a viable quarterback. I'm not sure to call him an everyday starter. Um, haven't seen enough of him to judge on that level yet. But, I mean, he's operated this team at an impressive level for a guy who basically spent an entire training camp with a different team. And it's rather clear through three games that this team with Dobbs Dobbs, excuse me, is going to, you know, operate under a game plan, stick to it tightly. And when things go on script, they're going to score and kind of try to control the football game. And I think that's where the 49ers, you know, could take advantage potentially is when things go off script and they're, you know, the putting the Cardinals in the position where they are chasing and trying to build a comeback and threaten we've seen them blow leads this year and win games we haven't seen them go down 10-0 go down 14-0 and try and chase for an entire game obviously that's tough for any team in the nfl but with how dobbs and gannon and the, that offense wants to work it seems like it's very um scripted is a word that i'm going to use a lot here so the 49ers kind of need to knock them off their script and i think a way to do that is to you know, score quick, put some points up on the board early. The 49ers have started quickly throughout the season. And I think this is a game where they can kind of lean on that because, you know, it could skew that script that is going to be so important to the, to the Cardinals. Um, they've had success, the Cardinals, with getting leads early, um, even in games that they ended up losing. So putting, you know, um, a stop to that quickly by going up 7-0, forcing a three and out, and scoring on the other side of the, the field, I think would set the 49ers up pretty easily in this game. 
Um, another way the 49ers will need to slow down Dobbs, we're not done talking about him, is on the run. He's going to extend plays. He's going to scramble, and he isn't afraid to run. I mean, he can, with that ability to run, he can put the football on the ground. He's already got three fumbles this season. He is going to take off, try and be physical, but attacking the football could force a turnover for the 49ers. So I'm not saying welcome the his ability to run. It's going to be something to watch. He's not Kyler Murray running the football, but I mean, that is going to be how the 40, the Cardinals try to, you know, slow down that pass rush, um, slow down the 49ers defense. They're going to try to test for Fred Warner and good luck with that. You know, looking at the rest of the Cardinals offense and their playmakers, uh, it's a lot of familiar names, you know, from the NFC West that we've seen with the Cardinals over the last few years. You got James Conner, Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, uh, no more DeAndre Hopkins. Hollywood Brown's gonna gonna be the wide receiver one there. Uh, they're gonna try to strangle their opponents and control the pace of this game, and they're gonna try to do that with a lot of running the football. James Conner and Dobbs. Um, I will say something I look you know look to every week when it comes to previewing another game is looking at the offensive lines. You hear me talk a lot about Nick Bosa and what teams try to do to him on the defensive line of the football defensive line um but you know being kind of like an offensive line fan a trench warfare guy uh without looking i find it tough to name some cardinals offensive linemen off the top of my head outside of rookie rookie first rounder paris johnson jr out of ohio state um but with all that being said the cardinals offensive line has been steady you know uh through three games here it's not like this glaring weakness where teams are going to send you know multiple rushers at them to collapse that offensive line i mean they've allowed five sacks through three games they played michael parsons and the cowboys last week which is one of the tougher tests in the nfl and to follow that up with facing nick bosa and the 49ers defensive line is not easy javon hargrave who's already making a nasty impact on the interior of that offensive line. Eric Armstead, I mean, they should be able to overwhelm DJ Humphreys, Paris Campbell, the rest of these guys. But it speaks to that knocking off Dobbs off that script. If they're able to put pressure on him, uh, force him into runs early and often because he does like to tuck the football um, getting physical with him and, you know, stopping these easy throws, getting rid of the ball quickly by constantly pressuring from first down to third down. You know, if they get the ball quickly on first down, make him pay for it on second down. It's kind of, I think, the approach the 49ers should be taking defensively um, in this one. But, yeah, I mean, you know, looking up and down this roster, I don't see any unit or dynamic or something I'm worried about that I can look to tell you guys and say, Hey, the Cardinals can really take advantage. I think as long as, you know, pretty protects the football, doesn't give away any gimmies, which he hasn't really done this season at all. Um, the 49ers should roll fairly easy to their fourth consecutive win. Division games are always different. Talked about when that, when they played the Rams already this year, division football games is just a different beast. And you can never really kind of count on anything or expect anything. However, just the talent disparity is large. And it's not like the Rams who aren't necessarily a great team in the NFC West either. 
um, they still have Matt Stafford and Sean McVay calling plays for them. Those are different things that you have to worry about. The Cardinals don't have either of those things on a similar caliber to what the Rams can bring and threaten the 49ers with. Um, so with all that being said, let's get into prediction mode, prediction time, look at a few props. I will say after having a rough week in week two, we bounced back with a sweet 2-0 last week. We had the 49ers cover against the Giants. Purdy tossed two touchdown passes, which we had the over of one and a half. So those hit, but it shouldn't come as a surprise with 10 days rest that I think the 49ers are going to cruise with everything I just said. And then my prediction for week four here is 28-14 to 14 with a win at home against the Cardinals. The spread is 14 points. It's just a little big for me. I, I hate when spreads, you know, creep over 10. It just is, it's such a sweat. Uh, it's a big number. So instead I like the under, I feel more comfortable with that at 43 and a half in this one. Um, me personally, I think the Cardinals are going to struggle to get going. They play a slower brand of football. So this should be a low scoring game because I think the 49ers will have the football a lot in this one score quick and often and kind of wrap this thing up. On terms of props, I like Brandon Ayuk over four reception. I, th I think that number is a little bit low, especially if Debo with his status not clear yet. Even if he does play, we saw how much Purdy likes Ayuk. And I think that number should be fairly simple to quit to hit. I'll be on that one. I also like Nick Bosa. And I always think this is so funny over 0.75 sacks. That means he basically can't just have a half sack and push. He needs to create um he needs to grab a full sack uh, for him to hit that one. I like that one. I feel like he's getting hotter and hotter. He's kind of making up for some lost time, whether that be training camp or the first couple games. Uh, we hit that one last week, too. With, it was the same thing, Nick Bosa over 0.75 sacks. Um, and, yeah, that's why I think um, things are going to land in week four. But before we get out of here and with the recap in the books, let's quickly take a drive by the college football slate. Something we do here every week on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Got to keep an eye on the NFL draft with some players and games and things to watch if you are cruising with the control on Saturday. Uh, this week has some big games, some multiple ranked matchups. Um Ole Miss and LSU is a big one in the SEC. You got Colorado and USC in the morning, but we've kind of talked about some of those teams. Uh, we get to see Georgia with a true test of Auburn on the road. If you haven't watched Georgia in the last two seasons, basically, maybe spend a second watching just to see tight end Brock Bowers. The guy is just an absolute stud a true machine and i can't think of i don't know if this is just an overreaction but i can't think of a tight end of his level that was just ready you plug him and play in the nfl today and he performs at a high level he's so good after the catch he catches everything he's used in a very different ways he'll come out of the backfield he'll put his hand in the dirt as a blocker he'll line up as a wide receiver in the slot just does an absolute little bit of everything and being a guy from Sonoma County, from the 707, used to have to work in Napa for a long time where I was cutting my teeth in the radio world. Shout out to The Vine, my first one of the first radio stations I ever was on air at. Brock Bowers is from Napa. So 
we kind of claim them as our own out here. And uh, that's always awesome to see a guy, you know, a, a homegrown Bay Area guy, whatever you want to call it, wine country guy perform at such a high level on one of the best teams in college football with Georgia. Um, moving on, another game that I'll absolutely be tuning into is Notre Dame versus Duke. Um, we've talked about Notre Dame on this podcast before, but I love Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback. He's just a really fun watch, very underrated player. I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. Sam Hartman on the other side of the field. It should be a really entertaining duel of former former slash current ACC quarterbacks. Obviously, Hartman is a transfer from Wake Forest. Um, the last game that I want to just mention, like I said, pretty good slate on Saturday. A lot of good um you know, TV time, you got the Canelo fight in the evening. So if you want to cap it off with some fight night, um, the last game I want to talk about is Florida versus Kentucky. And I'll keep this short and simple. I love the Kentucky running back, Ray Davis, absolute grinder stud. Uh, this guy's definitely going to appear on Sunday somewhere. I'm not even going to talk about like the speed and the height and the measurements and the different things required to draft a running back in the current NFL. This guy's just a football player badass former Vanderbilt running back transferred to Kentucky this year. Um, absolutely electric. If they beat Florida, knock Florida off, it sets up for a really nice matchup next week, with Georgia and Kentucky. Um, and Kentucky has some studs other places too. Devin Leary, their quarterback, Barry and Brown wide receiver, former like four star, uh, a lot of good action on Saturday when it comes to college football. But this is the believe in 49ers podcast that's going to do it for us for our week four preview against the cardinals we're going to have a reaction to sunday's game next week and a little bit of a look ahead to week five here on the believe podcast network as always thank you all so much for listening i appreciate you sticking with me week in and week out here on the believe in 49ers podcast if you have any questions takes Anything you want me to see in terms of college football, you got to take on the Canelo fight, like I just mentioned. Hit me up on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. Shout out to everybody at the Believe Network and at everybody listening to the Believe in 49ers. We will see you soon. I'm Tommy Call. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.